In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. Good morning, Cleveland. There's no Paul Brown. And there's a reason why there's no Paul Brown. I've traded him. He's done in a deal and he's gone. So Paul Brown has been traded to the Cincinnati Bengals. And we've got Paul from Bengals UK on to chat about catching up with the Bengals podcast. So these are our second round of catching up with the teams in the division. And we're going to be talking about what the Bengals are going to be up to in the draft. So Paul's agreed to come on, sort of give us a taste of what might happen. So when we sat there on draft night and um, Paul's going to give us sort of three, four positions they might look at for certain picks. If they pick someone completely different, we should be sat there going, yeah, they've, they've done a Dave Gettleman. If anyone in the uh, draft drafts like Dave Gettleman, you know they're destroying a franchise. So uh, even though we like Paul, we, we don't want the Bengals to win too many games, especially against the Cleveland Browns. So Paul, how are you? I'm good. Uh, I'm slightly nervous about being traded for Paul Brown. Actually, that mirrors uh, the real Paul Brown being traded from, uh, well, not being traded, but being fired from Cleveland and then setting up the, the Cincinnati franchise. So, um, yeah, that's, that's an interesting way to start things off. I'm not sure whether I'm comfortable being on the Browns uh, staff, but uh, for, this, for this podcast, I'm happy to for now. Uh, we've just got you on the one-day rental. You're, you're happy to go back yeah. tomorrow, but I'm cheap, you can keep Paul Brown. You can keep I'm Paul Brown. <laughs> <laughs> so, free agency's now happened. Um, we're in an interesting position. Um, anything could happen in the draft. It's going to be a quiet day. The first night of the draft for Browns fans is going to be a chance to go watch Avengers. So, um, if for those not watching Avengers on the first day of the draft, what are sort of the Bengals' key focuses? What are those positions that you're going, we really need to pick this position day one? Well, unlike another certain team in northern Ohio, uh, the Bengals um, went about free agency in a very methodical, uh, unflashy, and, uh, you know, as they normally do, they try and re-sign their own, first and foremost, which they did. Uh, a lot of the players uh, that... Well, a good majority of the free agents were re-signed, including the much maligned uh, right tackle Bobby Hart, who I think was rated 75th out of 80 uh, of all right tackles in the league by PFF. Um, And that kind of sent uh, Bengals' Twitter into meltdown. That was a bit of a PR disaster by the Bengals because that was the first, I think, re-signing that they made. So everyone was like kind of up in arms saying... Goodness me! If this is the the first re-signing, what the hell are the other re-signings going to be like? So that kind of soured the taste quite early on for the Bengals. But actually, they've had a pretty solid but unspectacular free agency. They re-signed Tyler Eifert. Now, some see that as a risk, and it is, you know, judging, you know, by his uh, terrible, uh, really unlucky injury history. There's nothing chronic there in terms of hamstrings that keep going or uh, an Achilles or whatever. They're just freak injuries year after year. But when he's on the field, 
he's a difference maker. He can line up in the slot. He's a real mismatch um, nightmare for def- uh, for defences. And you look at the way defences lined up against him when he was on the field, and this is crucial to, to uh, take into account, uh, they lined up in nickel a huge percentage of the time. So just having eye for on the field makes the defences play differently against us and it also makes Dalton a lot more comfortable for whatever reason. So it was great to have him back and I expect the Bengals to use him quite creatively actually this year. Uh, we signed, re-signed CJ Uzumar who was our second tight end who's, who had a kind of a, a solid year, came on a bit, not really a true number one tight end but a, you know solid and everything Solid in everything he does. Um, we also signed a couple of free agents from outside the organisation. Uh, we signed right guard John Miller, who looks to be quite a solid player and automatically gets that starting right guard job over Alex Redmond, an undrafted free agent, who, with Bobby Hart on that right-hand side of the line, was a was a bit of a disaster last year it has to be said so we've solidified a little bit on the right side of the line solidified and consolidated at tight end um, we also re-signed um, Darquez Denard our former number one draft pick cornerback who has found a niche in the NFL he's not perhaps quite doesn't have the ball skills to be a real outside cornerback doesn't quite have the physicality perhaps to be an outside cornerback but it's found a real niche uh, as a slot cornerback, one of the league's better slot cornerbacks. And he went out to test the market, believing that he was a true outside cornerback and wanted to be paid like a true outside cornerback. Unfortunately, he came back to Paul Brown Stadium with his tail between his legs because no no one was willing to offer him uh, the money. And we actually got him on a one-year deal that was actually cheaper than he was on before. So that was actually quite a good bit of business by the Bengals. Um, we also signed uh, another slot corner uh, f- previously at the Giants called B.W. Webb, who had a, you know, has bounced around the league kind of six, seven years, found a real niche uh, under uh, under our new uh, defensive coordinator, Lou Anarumu, um, who was at the Giants last year. Um, so suddenly, you know, the cornerback room is is... The depth is very good for 2019. Um, we also signed uh, Kerry Wynn, a uh, defensive end from the Giants. Um, so we've added a few players. We've re-signed a few players. Um, and what they've been doing, you know, previous to free agency, we were talking about offensive tackle, you know, a right guard. Those positions have been filled. Whether you like Bobby Hart or not, that position has been filled. And, and at this moment in time, Bobby Hart is the starting right tackle, whether we like it or not. Uh, John Miller will be the starting right guard. So that kind of takes the offensive line a little bit off the table in terms of first round, perhaps. Um, the signing of Kerry Wynn adds, to, adds some depth to the rotation on the defensive line. He had a very good year last year. Giants fans are quite sad to see him go. And I think that's the real mark of... Uh, well, one of the ways to judge a player to see what uh, the previous team's Twitter is, hmm. is saying. And a lot of Giants fans were really gutted to see him go. So we welcome Kerry Wynn with, with open arms, you know. Um, 
Cornerback with all those signings that I've just mentioned. Cornerback was was touted as quite an early pick. Tight end was also touted as quite an early pick. Uh, so that the Bengals have been filling positions basically. Um, the only position that they've not really uh, attacked in free agency is the linebacking core. And um, the linebacking core for a long time in Cincinnati has been. Um, has been under kind of utilized, hasn't underinvested rather, you know. Um, yeah, the linebacking core has been underinvested in, uh, you know, even when Marvin Lewis was coach, you know, a defensive minded coach, an ex linebacker himself, never quite got it right at linebacker. And the last few years, in particular, it's always been an Achilles heel. Uh, those crossing routes, you know, over the middle that's killed us with tight ends and running backs and, you know, little shallow crosses by receivers and slot receivers. Absolutely murdered us. And last year, it was dreadful. Absolutely dreadful. Unbelievably dreadful. Now, Vontaze Perfect has moved on, which I think a lot of Bengals fans were pleased about. Some weren't, believe it or not. He is a very, uh, he's a huge fan favourite. Um, which again, if you're outside the Bengals, it's hard to hard to believe. But he was loved by the fans. Uh, one of those players that if he's on your team, you love him. If he's not, you absolutely despise him. Um, but yeah, the linebacking call was the only uh, kind of position group that wasn't attacked in free agency, which says to me that that's what they're setting themselves up for in the draft. Now, whether I mean, it has to be addressed. There's no, there's no getting away from it. Our linebacking play, especially in the last year, two years, has been the league's worst, I would argue. So we have to kind of invest in that position a little bit. And the way they've been using free agency and the holes that they still have left on the team, it seems to me that they're going to be looking at linebacker in the first round. Now, one of the Devons... If he's <clears throat> now one of the Devons, if he's if they're there, I don't think Devin White is going to be there. He's going to go top five after that combine uh, testing performance. Uh, but Devin Bush is 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 one to watch at eleven, and I think he he's that sort of three down linebacker, that really dynamic playmaker that we're absolutely crying out for because we did resign Preston Brown, who's. Good leadership skills, solid player, but it just doesn't give you that mobility that the linebacking position demands now. Um, and I don't expect Preston Brown to line up in our nickel formations. You know, he's a more kind of your base defense, quarterback of the defense type of guy. He wears the microphone and the helmet. He, he sorts people out. He's he's a good tackler. He stops the run. But you want a three-down linebacker that can do a bit of everything, you know. So I think linebacker, they've set themselves up for drafting someone very highly in this year's draft. So obviously if that leaves Devin White, Devin Bush as your favourites there. If mm-hmm. both are gone by 11, and that is easily yeah, possible, yeah, yeah. if you're sat in that GM's chair, obviously you can speculate on who might be gone by then, but who's the sort of next two players if those two linebackers are gone and you've got to wait for the next round for linebackers. Who, who do you fancy? Is it a particular edge or a particular offensive tackle? 
I think it'd be it's going to be interesting to see. There always seems to be run on on people who or players that test really well at the combine or at pro days. You know, uh, there's always a run on quarterbacks, even though you know there's a lot of kind of smoke and smoke screens being put out by teams. You know. Uh, but, you know, you expect maybe Haskins, maybe Kyler Murray to go in that top 10 and maybe even one more. Who knows? People, you know, teams get really kind of trigger happy, don't they? Especially when it comes to quarterbacks. And um, and I'll talk about quarterbacks in a minute because um, we have a, a looming situation there, which is quite an interesting one. But if it was me personally, uh, even if even if there is a dev, one of the Devons on the board, um, we on paper we've got a good defensive line, and that's been one of our strengths over the past ten years. Geno Atkins has been sensational. Carlos Dunlap has been sensational. Um, Michael Johnson has been solid, but with the signing of Kerry Wynn, he looks to be on the way out. Uh, Sam Hubbard had a really good, solid rookie year. Uh, Ryan Glasgow, uh, a kind of rotational defensive tackle, was really good until he got uh, uh, injured last year, like so many of our, our players. Carl Lawson had a really fantastic rookie year, uh, and he'll be back after tearing his ACL last year. So, you know, there, but the problem is, saying all that, there was a little bit of a drop-off in Gino's play last year. Carlos Dunlap, when Gino... He had a fantastic start to the year, both of them did, and then they kind of quieted down. So even though on paper we seem to have a good defensive line, we weren't getting to the quarterback often enough last year. So I would seriously look. Now, yes, we're going to have Kyle Lawson back, which will help things. Uh, Sam Hubbard will be solid as usual, I would imagine, but he's never going to be that superstar kind of sack king, you know. Um, I would like to see someone like an Ed Oliver fall to us at 11, because that, that would present a really tricky situation. Um, and he's another three technique guy. He's got immense speed out of his, out of his stance, immense power. He's almost like Gino Mark II, really. And if we can rotate him in with Gino, I think that would be ridiculous. Another guy that I would look at is perhaps, you know, someone like... Uh, a Brian Burns on the edge, or um, even Montez Sweat, perhaps. Um, but I, I think that defensive line is also one to watch at eleven for us. Uh, certainly, Browns fans would rather not see um, Ed Oliver twice a year because <laughs> uh, uh, while I would prefer a um, decent interior rusher against the Browns O line because I trust the interior more than the tackle play at the moment. Mm. Yeah, I'd rather just not have to deal with Ed Oliver at all. So he can, he can go to right. the NFC, someone else okay. after him, and we're happy not to see Well, him. he's going to be hot property, isn't he? Because he had a sensational pro day, um, and he might even go up. But then if he goes up, someone like Quinnen Williams might come down, uh, you know, which is ridiculous when you think about what he was being touted as um, before. And we are, we are having visits. I say we, the Bengals are having visits with some of those some of those uh, big name rushers, you know, your Josh Allens and your Rashan Garys and people like that. So they are, they're obviously looking at those guys uh, in preparation for, for, for 11. Um, but yeah, I mean, also there might be a really good offensive tackle. Now we obviously signed Bobby Hart, but I still expect them to take um, a tackle fairly highly. Um, 
so they he can either sit behind Bobby Hart or even beat him out in camp. Um, we certainly need depth of that position, so I would imagine they'll go tackle at some point. Um, a lot of mocks have had the tight end TJ Hawkinson going to 11, uh, which is interesting. Um, because, yes, Eifert is signed for a year, CJ Uzma is signed for a couple of years, but we still maybe need one more in that tight end room. Now, the offences that Zach Taylor has run in, um, in uh, LA uh, and uh, they didn't really utilise tight end significantly. And Brian Callahan, our new offensive coordinator, who came from the, from the Raiders and has worked with Zach Taylor before, he kind of went on record saying, well, you know, he just prefers a solid guy at tight end, no sort of real game breaker or, you know, they, they, it seems that they don't value the tight end position perhaps quite as highly as the previous regime. So um, even though I do think we'll draft one, maybe a Josh Oliver in rounds three or four, um, I maybe don't think we'll go, you know, a Noah Fant or a, or a, you know TJ Hawkinson, even though they 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 seem to be great players. Um, so you know, offensive line, tight end. Um, I st- the cornerback position is interesting because we have William Jackson, uh, who's in a contract year next year, who's a fantastic player, and no doubt they'll try and sign him up for the long term. Drake Patrick, who's uh, all right, but not brilliant. Um, he comes in, He comes to the end of his deal at the end of next season. So even though for next season, the cornerback room looks fairly well stocked and there's some good depth there. You know, we only signed, we signed Darquez Denard for one year. You know, Dre's going to be at the end of his contract after next season as well. So even though at this moment and for next year, it looks good in terms of depth, and I'm actually, that's one of the stronger position groups on the roster at this moment in time. You've got to look beyond that and, and kind of think about what's going to happen in 2020. Uh, so again, I wouldn't be surprised if, if cornerback is an option, certainly in, in perhaps round two uh, or three or something like that. Um, but it's got to be linebacker, I think. We need a starter linebacker. No projects, no kind of, you know, red shirt guys. We need one starting linebacker and we also need one in the later rounds and there are a few in the later rounds that are pretty good tj edwards you know ulysses grant khalil hodge those sort of guys um uh, ben burkiven maybe um we could do with one starting linebacker and another one that's going to see a bit of action and learn his trade um so yeah for me round round one is either uh someone on the defense a real sort of monster a real godzilla on the defensive line and then or uh, a starting linebacker that's going to you know add a lot of dynamism into that into that position so that is fantastic wrap up and thank you very much for that one more question yes will the successor to Andy Dalton be picked in this draft well i mentioned it earlier jack and this is the the question that is being debated furiously um, on Bengals Twitter now. Andy Dalton is one of those quarterbacks that's not awful. Um, 
but he's not brilliant either. He's somewhere in between. Um, we saw him play to perhaps top 10 levels uh, in 2015, but he's never been able to reach that since. Now, whether he's still got that kind of ceiling in him uh, is the eternity. And it's very difficult to quantify because, as I say, he's not awful and he's not great. He's just a solid quarterback, unflashy, you know, very nice guy, occasionally great, occasionally like, what the hell was he doing there kind of quarterback? And, of course, his contract is coming up after next season, I think in 2020. Um, a lot of Bengals fans want to shoot for the moon this year um, if not this year, certainly next season, uh, and trade up. There's been talk of, you know, that horrible word tanking. Um, tanking for two, they call it. Um, <laughs> you know, which I think is frankly ridiculous and an insult to fans and players. Um, but, you know, the Bengals are very slow at kind of playing the game. They're quite, as I say, methodical. They don't kind of trade their assets um, uh, in return for picks, they're not very good at wheeling and dealing. It's just not their way. A lot of people would like to see Andy Dalton traded this year for, for to accrue more picks for more kind of team building thing. Zach Taylor has come out and said he loves Andy Dalton. He's sort of he used to study him when he was in college, um, in preparation for the draft when Dalton was coming out of the draft eight nine years ago. Um, he's had to kind of, when he was with the Dolphins, um, he's had to kind of get together dossiers on Dalton and watch loads of tapes. So he knows his game. And actually I do, this is, I think Dalton's saving grace with Zach Taylor. Uh, Zach Taylor is a West Coast offense sort of guy. And Dalton at his best gets the ball out quickly and uh, efficiently. Nothing flash, nothing, you know, crazy. Um, so we'll see. So, yeah, it's a really interesting question because I think Bengals fans are torn. Some Bengals fans want to see Dalton out now. Uh, they don't think we can win under him. Uh, some Bengals fans want to see him another year at least uh, in this new system with a new head coach. And Mike Brown, our usually kind of very conservative uh, owner, came out during the owners' meeting and kind of said more or less intimated that this year is a bit of a prove-it year for Andy Dalton. If he does well, then there's a new, there's probably going to be a new contract on the table at the end of this year. If he doesn't, then that might um, kind of force their hand a little bit in 2020. Now, in terms of this year, I personally, I just think the, 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 the draft is so stacked with fantastic defensive talent. Um, and, whether you like him or not, quarterback is not a dire need this year. Uh, if you look at it pragmatically, uh, now I know a lot of Bengals fans are like, oh, yeah, but we've got another year of Dalton, we're never going to win and the Dalton, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, you have to play the game a little bit. You have to play the numbers. And I think there's lots of fantastic defensive talent. So I'd be really, I'd, personally, I'd be absolutely shocked, actually, if they drafted a quarterback in the top two or three even three rounds. Um, there's a few in the late, you know, four, five, six that they might pick up for uh, to battle Jeff Driscoll as backup and, um, you know, someone like a, a Ryan Finley, for instance. Uh, I know Will Greer has been talked up, so he'll probably go a bit higher, maybe round three or something like that. So, yeah, it's an interesting conundrum because it really splits Bengals fans. Um, 
but yeah, I'd be I'd be shocked if they they pulled the trigger on a, on a on a uh, high round quarterback this year. I'm not saying they won't draft a quarterback this year because I think they will. But um, you know, and another another quick position, Jack, if you don't mind, wide receiver as well. I mean, on paper, we've got one of the better wide receiving tandems in the league with AJ Green and Tyler Boyd. Both of those guys' contracts are up pretty soon now. We expect AJ to be re-signed. We expect Tyler Boyd to be re-signed. John Ross is an enigma. If he gets it right, look out. It's trouble because I think he could do some serious damage. He hasn't got it right in two seasons yet. Um, so it's a big year for him. Uh, a, there's been some talk of trading AJ because he's in, even though he's one of the league's best and he, you know, he's one of those receivers that you almost take for granted because he does everything so well and, He's not quite as, doesn't quite have the presence of a Julio Jones or, you know, an Odell or whatever. I would actually argue that he's a better all-round player than Odell Beckham Jr. There you go. There's your controversial statement. Um, but um, even though Beckham's fantastic, I just think AJ just goes about his business, doesn't care about flashy stuff, and he's a fantastic player. But he's, been in, he's missed half the season for the past two years because of injury. Thank you so much for your fantastic roundup. We had a little bit of everything in there and it was really good. Just plug yourself, plug Bengals UK. If Browns fans want to find out what's going on, where should they look? Well, uh, we're Bengals UK on Twitter. It's very important to put the UK at the end of it because you come to cat pages if you don't. Um, on Twitter, we are at Hooday underscore UK. And uh, we're quite fun and, you know, we're growing all the time. We put silly things on. We have we started doing this satirical news headline thing every Friday in, in a kind of teletext style, which has gone down quite well. We've got some meetups coming up and, you know, we're going to continue to try and grow the community because as you know, that's what it's all about. It's kind of connecting people and having a, a bit of a laugh really. And of course we've got the London game coming up this year, which everyone's insanely excited about. So, you know, the schedules are out this year. Uh, sorry, at this month, I should say. The draft is this month. We've got a meet-up this month. So April should be uh, a, great, a, a great month for Bengals. Now, Rose, thank you so much for joining us and have a fantastic day. Thanks, Jack. Always a pleasure.